Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. It's Easter morning. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this wonderful Easter Sunday morning that we have to celebrate that unlike any other religion in the world, we serve a risen Savior. We serve a God that is alive and seated on his throne. Thank you, Lord, for that hope. Now, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, both in person, listening by podcast. I ask that you would open their hearts, minds, and spirits. I pray that the seed of the Word of God would fall onto good ground and produce a hundredfold harvest in Jesus' name. And Lord, I I ask that you would help me, oh God. Help me to preach your word. Let it be like fire shut up in my bones, I pray here today. And I pray that you just give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so absolutely necessary. Let me say everything that you want, nothing more and nothing less. And God, I thank you in advance for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said amen. Now turn to two or three people before you're seated and tell them, wake up. It's Easter morning. I still believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth born to a virgin named Mary. I still believe that for 33 and a half years, he lived a sinless life. I still believe that Jesus Christ was 100% God, yet 100% man. I still believe that for the final three and a half years of his life, he went around preaching teaching, healing the sick, raising the dead, and giving hope to all that would receive it. I still believe that he was despised by the religious leaders of the day. I still believe that he was given a mock trial where he was sentenced to death by execution on a Roman cross, the most painful, humiliating form of execution. I still believe that he played, laid down his life willingly, that no one took it from him. I still believe that his dead body was placed in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, but three days later on that first Easter Sunday morning, he arose triumphing over death, hell, and the grave. I still believe that as the psalm they sang this morning says that because he lives, I can live also. I still believe that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I still believe that just like he left, he is coming back again one day. I come now this morning with two very simple thoughts that I want to bring to you. The first is that time is limited. You see, Paul is writing this letter that we read out of the book of Romans to the church in Rome somewhere around 55 A.D. And here we find the apostle alerting them to the urgency of the time that they are living in. Here at this moment in time, it is there are still those alive and those perhaps even that were, that were being written to that were in Jerusalem on that day. 
at this point in time, there are still those that in the flesh saw Jesus. There are still those that heard around the world as this prophet, this man, depending on who, what thought of him, that this man named Jesus was crucified and they had heard the rumors that he had risen again. This was the day that they were living in. In fact, throughout his letters, Paul gives this same sense of urgency. Writings of the early church fathers penned between A.D. 90 and A.D. 140 frequently portray this same sense of urgency that was given. The modern Pentecostal movement began with an environment of heightened expectation of the nearness of Christ's return. You see, the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit in the church were seen by early Pentecostals as a sign that the last days had arrived because as they read in Acts 2 and 17 that the Lord said in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Verse 11 of our text says, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Can I tell you this morning that I still believe there is a sense of urgency. There is a sense of urgency even in this morning that we celebrate the resurrection. I believe still in the scriptures and still in the spirit we feel this sense of urgency that Jesus' return is near. He said, now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. You see, I believe that we are saved, but we are also being saved. Scripture teaches us that, that completion arrives when Jesus comes back again. Not that Jesus didn't complete his work on earth, completed. Jesus didn't leave anything left undone. He did everything that he had come to do. However, it's not in his part that is lacking, but it's in our part that is lacking. I'm reminded of growing up. How many of you grew up in the church singing that little song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the there y'all go, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. Thank God he's patient with me. He's still working on me. Isn't it amazing, you know, even in that childlike song, we, we, we think about that, that he made everything. Took him just a week to make everything, but he's still working on me. I'm 43 years old. I've known Christ, raised in church, but every single day of my life, he's still having to work on me. And it's not because he's lacking anything. It's because I'm lacking and because I'm imperfect, but I'm thankful today that God doesn't give up on me, but he is still working on me. How many of you can say this morning, he's still working on you here today? He's still doing in you what needs to be done. With all these things in mind, we look at where we are 2,000 years after Jesus' death and resurrection and I come on this Easter morning reminding us that we again need to wake up. You see, on this resurrection morning, we should be even more aware, as Scriptures, our text said, that the night is far spent and the day is 
at hand. Scripture tells us that he's coming back, as we read in the book of Acts chapter 1, that the angels, as they watch Jesus ascend, they say, why are you standing here staring? This same Jesus who you saw go, he's coming back again in like manner. And now for 2,000 years, there's been an urgency in the church. There's been an urgency in the Scripture saying, get ready, because Jesus is coming back again. That's why I can't come of this East, on this Easter of 2023 with just a regular Easter sermon. You see, I believe that we're running out of time to just simply go through the motions. We're running out of time to just go through church as normal. We're running out of time to just keep on doing the same old, same old. Things are shifting. Things are changing. You see, folks, I believe that there's not been, it's not been a coincidence. It's not been an accident that we've seen the awakenings and the prayer revivals and the worship revivals on college campuses. I don't believe it's been an accident that these things are going on, but I want to be aware, and I want to be alert, and I need to tell you on this Easter morning one more time that we must realize that the night is far spent. The day is at hand. I believe Jesus Christ could come back at any moment in time, and we must be ready for his return. Secondly, I told you I'm not going to keep you a long time on this Easter morning. Secondly, this, is, this then should cause us to do two very simple things. Number one, in verse 12, he said that we should cast off the works of darkness. I mentioned this last week. I mentioned on Palm Sunday how when they took off their garments, their outer garments, and put them on the road for Jesus and the colt to walk on and the donkey to walk on. It represented them taking off themselves, and Scripture continually talks about putting on Jesus. Once again, here we find in Scripture, casting off the works of darkness in verse 12. In other words, Jesus here is saying through his Scriptures, take off that old person that you once were. Take off the works of darkness. In verse 13, Paul lists, lists six different things that represent the range of temptations that they will face. I'm not going to take time this morning to go through them all. And in verse 14, it says to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. You know, I grew up. A lot of you know I grew up just up the road in Houston in the country where my parents still live. You know, there's something about stray animals that if you feed stray animals, they're going to keep coming around. If a stray animal starts coming around and you start putting out food for it, you know what that animal's going to do? It's going to keep sticking around. If you got an old dog, stray dog that comes up and you put out some bacon, some old leftover bacon, if you put out whatever kind of food you've got and you get, can I tell you what? That dog is going to make itself at home. This isn't really deep preaching. I realize that, but can I tell you that that is what Paul is saying. Make no provision. Some people uh, wonder why they are struggling so hard to fight with their flesh when all the time they're making provisions for it. They're putting 
putting themselves in situations that's giving their flesh the upper hand to win. But I remind you on this Easter morning that the Lord is telling us to make no provision for. Even last week, as you take off one garment that you put on another, in verse 12 he says, put on the armor of light. It's my prayer today that throughout these two services that somebody would choose to take off the darkness, to take off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, would choose to no longer be a son of Satan, the son of sin, someone that is trapped in that, and would choose to throw off the darkness and put on the armor of light to say, I want to be as Christ wants me to be. Verse 13 tells us that we should walk honestly as in the day. We know that he's telling us here, walk honestly. You know, you can do a lot. Most I know there's crimes that occur during the day, during the day but I think if we're all honest, I've got a police officer sitting right here. I think we all know that night it's a whole lot easier. Even with cameras, even with everything that we've got nowadays, it's a lot easier to do things in darkness. And so we're written here through the Scripture, and he says, walk honestly like it's daytime. Walk honestly like it's bright light and that everybody can see you because I remind you today that even though nobody else may see you, there's somebody in heaven that sees everything, that knows everything. And it doesn't matter if it's under the cover of darkness and nobody else knows. Can I remind you today that God sees all? Walk honestly as of the day. In verse 14, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Decide. Don't just, don't just decide that you're not going to do some things, but do some things. There are sins of omission, things that we, we get so hung up sometimes on not doing the wrong stuff, but yet we sin by not doing the right stuff. God says, I want you to go further. I preached a series on the Ten Commandments, you know, over, over the range of a few weeks back, and I talked about how the fact is in the Old Testament, some people are like, oh, that's Old Testament. It don't matter. We don't have to do that. But just about everything that we find, Jesus one-upped it in the New Testament. And so we find here that God is not just telling us, don't just put off the darkness, but take on the light. God is calling us in this final days that we're living in today. Don't just put off the darkness. Don't just be neutral. Don't just stand there like you don't, you're not on a side. Can I tell you, you are on one side or another. And I believe in this last day that we're living in. God is calling us to be soldiers of the cross, soldiers of the light, bearers of the light of Jesus Christ to say in this lost and dying world, I want to take on the garment of Jesus Christ. I want to shine the light in this dark world and let people see that there is hope in this day, that there is hope in this time, that no matter what's going on, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Don't just not do the wrong stuff. Do the right stuff. Pray. Read your Bible. Yesterday we finished up, for those that were participating, we finished up that reading the New Testament in 90 days. Don't just stop reading your Bible now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Find another plan. Read your Bible. Go to church. You know, I've come to the place, and y'all have heard me say this enough, but I've come to the place where we started buying into it, and if COVID did nothing else for me, it reminded me of the fact that we've got to have each other. 
You know, just staying at home ain't going to cut it. I know there's people that are shut-ins that are physically they can't come, but for healthy, normal people, just watching online ain't going to cut it. Just staying at home ain't going to cut it. God wants us to be a part of his church, of his body. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is even much more. As you see the day approaching, what day is that? The one that I'm talking about, the one that I'm preaching about right here, that the night is almost gone, that the day is coming, that Jesus Christ is coming back. Can I tell you the place that we need to be in these last days is not off on our own somewhere trying to do our own thing, but coming together as the body of Christ. And not even just as our separate churches and denominations, but can I tell you I'm so encouraged I'm so encouraged by what God's doing in our city, in our area, of how people are coming together, of all denominations, of all races, of all backgrounds, and we're serving the Lord together. We're working for the Lord together here in our city. I believe that we must have each other. Somebody say amen. Do the things that you need to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. As yourself. On this Easter Sunday, so many times we think about what the Lord has done for me, and that's appropriate. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, for how you blessed me. Thank you, Lord, for how you saved me. But I think it'd be a shame on this Easter Sunday if we didn't remind ourselves that He's done so much for me. How can I just keep it to myself? He's blessed me so much that if I'm truly going to obey his commands and do what he said, they ask him, what's the greatest commandments? And he himself, Jesus, the one that laid his life down for us and rose again on the third day, said the second one was to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, sometimes we've let this world, we've let this world influence in such a way over the past 15 or 20 years as to, like, you know, tone it down. Don't offend anybody with your walk with Christ. Don't offend anybody with your religion. Don't, don't be too pushy with your religion. And that's exactly what the devil wanted us to do. He wanted us to be quiet. He wanted us to shut up. What I'm preaching today is not to be open and loud about your political affiliation. What I'm preaching to you about today is not to be loud about whether you stand behind a donkey or an elephant. But what I am telling you is in these last days, we must become bolder than we ever before have and say, I stand underneath the cross of Jesus Christ because he lives, I can live also, and I need you to know that he's got a better way for you to live there is hope in the cross there is hope in him and let me tell you about this Jesus that I know the Easter message is a message of hope it's a message that when everything seemed lost that on the darkest day of your life, that when everything you cared about and poured your life into seemed gone and hopeless, don't give up. Don't quit. Because there's hope, even in the hopelessness, through Jesus Christ. 
Because on that first Easter morning, as the sun began to peak over that Israeli horizon, the Holy Spirit of God invaded that borrowed tomb of Joseph of Israel. And Jesus Christ got up. It's a message of hope today. There's good news that Jesus has paid the sin debt that you and I can never pay on our own. There's good news today that you don't have to die and go to hell because Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to. Yet there's also an urgency. An urgency that this offer will expire either by death or by his second coming. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that they would say, well, you know, he, he, he's been saying it. They've been preaching this obviously right here. I mean, this is a, he's not just a few years, 15, 20 years after the death and the resurrection of Christ, and they're preaching this urgency. They've been doing that ever since it happened. Well, I know that the Lord, the day, the, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. He said, well, I don't know. And I, you know what? I can, I can, I'm going to do, do you a favor today. I'm going to say, let's, let's, just, let's just put all that aside for just a second. Just, just, just for a moment, let's forget about that. But let me just also take you to the fact that in our lives we're not promised another moment. You know, this past week we were, I was privileged to be able to stand just a few minutes after I left. She went on to be with the Lord, but for quite a while we were able to worship and magnify the Lord around the bedside of a dear saint of God who had served him faithfully. But can I tell you, it's not always that way. Because just like I have stood in a room with a saint who kind of had a little notice that time was running out, I've also gotten those calls in the middle of the night. Massive heart attack. Over. I've also been involved in those times where a car accident happened. Lives were taken it seemed way too early. So if you want to push aside the fact that, oh, they've been preaching that for thousands of years, I don't think that we can ever push aside the fact that we're not promised another moment in this life. And I give you this sense of urgency that the Apostle Paul was giving to the Romans back 2,000 years ago, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. My call is simple today. I'm just a messenger. My call is that of the Lord's. That he's inviting you, come. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, 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 o